Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Advantage. I am your host, Michael Fiddle. And on today's episode, we are talking NBA free agency. We're talking Kevin Durant, Donovan Mitchell, and DeAndre Ayton returning to the Phoenix Suns. I said on the very first episode of this podcast that I would discuss the biggest games and the movement of the biggest names. So today I'm joined by a guest who has been here to break down multiple big games with me. And today we are joined by the DFS Dynamo, the player prop professional, Florida's finest, Cooley, back in the building to discuss some big names. Eric, how are you doing today? What's up, Mike? Thanks for the intro. Let's get to it. You seem, you seem very enthusiastic. Let me add some enthusiasm <laughs> to this room for us. Cooley! Yeah. No, I'm excited. Woo! I love it. I love it. No, awesome to be here, Mike. Thanks for having me. Thank you. When I uh, pitched you to come on this pod with me today, and I think I hope to make you a weekly edition during the NBA offseason, I want to discuss the biggest sharks in the free agency water Mm -hmm. and discuss is there ways to bet them. There's a lot of these free agency odds that get posted for specific players. But then we could also look at this from the angle of teams and futures, titles odds, uh, division winning odds are up on DraftKings, and talk about are there angles to bet some of these expected moves of free agency and things that we can get ahead of. So one thing that I've really noticed recently, Eric, is what's going on in Brooklyn and the Kevin Durant situation has been all over the place going from he's definitely out. And the Nets went to like a 37 to 1 at one point. Then, you know, oh, there's no good offers for Durant. It slid back to 28 to 1. Now the Nets sit at 20 to 1 in the odds in terms of a future title winner. And at the same time, Durant's most likely team for his free agency betting has returned to be returning to the Brooklyn Nets. So I'm combining these two factors and I'm saying something doesn't, for me, something doesn't add up here. It doesn't mm-hmm. make sense that a team with Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and the rest of the squad that they have, kind of Ben Simmons, we'll see if he's good. They brought in some nice pieces. They've retained some guys. Uh, they re-signed Claxton. They brought in TJ Warren. They re-signed Patty Mills. So it doesn't make sense to me that that roster seems like it would be a 7-1, to 8-1 to one type of team. Mm-hmm. But it's the speculation of KD potentially not being there keeps it at 20 to 1. Is there value in betting this team at 20 to 1? Where do you think Kevin Durant ends up? I think, one, there's definitely value because, like you said, Mike, it it probably should be enhanced odds and they're laying it in the balance of Kevin Durant not being there. I think there's value because, two, I I think he does stay for uh, a multitude of reasons. I think. Um, this DeAndre eight in um, match offer by the Suns kind of eliminates Suns from contention of getting Durant. Um, you know, it's a player-driven league. Durant has stated the teams he would play for. So, you know, these other teams, it's very limited in where you can go nowadays because if a player says, oh, I'm not going to play, they're eliminated from the from even potentially creating a trade, let alone what... Nets have stated that they're not trading Durant for anything less than an unprecedented value. So when you put all that together, 
I just don't see anyone who can who can take on Durant right now. Given what is it, the Heat, Suns, and I guess Raptors are team in the in the distance um, trying to make a move for Durant. But the issue too, Mike, is really quickly. I'll just touch on this: is a team like the Heat, you can't have. Let's say the Heat wanted to trade Bam Adebayo. This Nets already right, the took rookie, on the rookie extension rule, right? Correct. Simmons. It, so, it, it mucks up everything. It takes, and that's the same with Booker and in in uh, Phoenix. It's the same with mm-hmm. uh, Zion and the Pelicans. It's the same with Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz. It makes all of these, these guys ineligible to play along Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. So it really makes the waters pretty dirty uh, mm-hmm. in terms of finding a trade partner. Eric, you mentioned Miami Heat. They're plus twelve to one. You mentioned Phoenix Suns. We'll talk about them in a bit. They're eight and a half to one. Toronto Raptors. I jumped on the Raptors when they were fifty to one. They bounced mm-hmm. to thirty to one last week uh, when they might have been the strongest Durant contender. Now they're back to forty to one because the word is they're not going to trade Scotty Barnes and go all in on a Durant sweepstakes. So I'm really looking at this landscape, thinking like I don't really know where Durant plays. And mm-hmm. I just keep landing back on it's probably Brooklyn, and they're sitting there with a twenty to one, so mm-hmm. that's intriguing to me. I completely agree, Mike. And for those reasons, is that uh, me and you stated. And in addition, Joe Harris comes back. Um, you know, missing multiple starters last year, they're not really losing anyone. If we believe, there's one other thing to to, to consider in the balance is that Kyrie Irving being dealt too. Which I think is unlikely, but it's so it's so dependent on what happens with Durant. And given that me and you don't see a likely trade option out there for him, um, the twenty to one odds is a good odd. And like me and you always say, for all those people listening, we're not necessarily saying they're going to win the title, but at twenty to one odds, you you give yourself an ability or anything above that to hedge once they inevitably do make the playoffs, which they will with this roster, right? So that was that was going to segue exactly to my next question, Eric. It seems like they mm-hmm. want to get back players. They've given away uh, their picks. They have Houston has swap rights with them. So there's really no incentive for this team to try and miss the playoffs to try and get into Wembenyama or even Scoot Henderson sweepstakes. Like they're they're not going to be a bottom out team. They're going to be a team that tries to stay competitive, and for mm-hmm. that reason, simply reaching the playoffs with a twenty to one ticket. You put yourself at a nice hedge opportunity. The other teams that I liked in the Durant sweepstakes, and I don't know why there hasn't been more talk of this, was one, it was Atlanta Hawks. And I think if they were, they pulled the trigger on that DeJounte Murray trade a day or two mm-hmm. early. Because I think Durant to Atlanta would have been a potential destination, and pairing Durant with Trey might have been appealing for Durant for him to give them the okay. And they gave a mm-hmm. boatload of picks. They had a lot of different pieces. Um, so I think that one was definitely a, a bit of a, a maybe a miss for the Atlanta Hawks and probably too soon. The other one that I keep looking at is the Denver Nuggets. And I'm thinking, why in the world have we not even considered like an MPJ and picks for Durant? Like they say they want a new, young player who's already proven all-star capable player. It's right there. Money matches up. The picks are the sure. picks are there. Uh, uh, sure. Always kind of, I've always kept Denver in the back of my mind. Eric, do you think one 
there's any chance KD can go to Denver, or do you think I'm just trade machining over here? No, it's interesting, Mike, because you always have to start from the evaluation of, you know, it's a player-driven league. Is Kevin Durant okay with going to Denver, and will he refuse it, even though ultimately if he's traded, he can't refuse, but he can refuse to play. So um, assuming that he would play there, which I agree with you, why would you not want to play with Jokic and, um, you know, whoever else is on the court? It wouldn't matter at that point. I think you would have to potentially package maybe I don't know their treat. I don't know their their pick per situation. I don't know if they have a plethora of picks, but you would I would assume have to package something along the lines of uh, Michael Porter, um, Bones Island, and maybe even Murray. Um, but assuming you what could if it do was, that, what if it was Murray? What if it was Murray and MPJ for and picks for Kyrie and KD for both of them? Kyrie, KD, and Jokic. MPJ oh, hey. and Jamal Murray and picks back to Brooklyn. Yeah, they'd win the championship. I don't know why. All I'm saying, Eric, all I'm saying is I don't know why it's not louder in the mainstream media because it makes a lot of sense from a basketball perspective. That's all I'm saying. No, and it's I not agree really something we're betting on, and I know I'm hitting you with this out of the blue. No, uh, I like but it. It's just something that caught my eye, and I don't think it's being talked about enough. I like it, and it, and it, it touches on our um, – our point to, to flexibility with trading and like Jokic is so good that a team like so Denver becomes very flexible even without picks because you're more willing to risk getting rid of Murray Porter every person of value as long as you retain Jokic but if you bring in a KD with Jokic I think that's you know, that's that's interesting, and I think it's something Denver would entertain, but not hearing Denver in the stratosphere of it makes me believe that Denver's, you know, very high, highly anticipating Murray's comeback and kind of wants to build around what they have. I think they think they're good enough with their current roster, and I don't right. know if they want to bring on an aging KD. Um, but, I mean, until it's floated out there, I can't imagine that's even close to a thing. But I agree with you. Like, you, you have so much potential to make moves with. But I... I like I said, I think they've been they built this team. They have a lot of stake in Murray. They they we've seen what he could do when healthy. He's finally healthy. Him and Jokic have played together for years. They're comfortable. Um, you know, I think with him, Porter back and Jokic, I don't think they want to rock the boat. I, I think they might not even be inclined to join in. And also that. a new a new GM, uh, a team that generally avoids luxury tax. There's all these other reasons floating out there that probably sure. not. Um, but okay, so let, let's move on from that. That was a fun basketball kind of concept, not a bettable concept. I think the bettable concept in the Durant is what we've covered in it's taking the nets at 20 to 1. Um, I mentioned, we mentioned the Phoenix Suns. We talked about DeAndre Ayton. So let's talk about them a bit. Eric, they're eight and a half to one. This team won 64 games last season. They are bringing the band back together. They were in the NBA Finals two years ago. They were in the Game 7 to try and get to the Western Conference Finals. This year, um, apparently, well, they got absolutely trounced by the uh, Mavericks in that horrific game. But there was word that, I don't know if you heard this, there was word that there was a lot of COVID things happening around the Suns. And there was a huge COVID outbreak that a bunch of the players played through, and that's why they played so horrifically. Is this team someone that you think – is this a team that you think can bounce back and get back to being a title contender? 
or do you think this team is kind of dead in the water and overvalued and yes they have a good team on paper but they have no chance and it's probably not even at hedgeable odds at eight and a half that it's worth doing we talked about this mike um and it's so reminiscent of like the clippers teams that appeared like they were getting closer and closer and the the jazz teams that appeared they were getting closer and closer unfortunately at eight to one odds i wouldn't even go near this i would go in the opposite direction because We've seen them, I don't buy into that COVID stuff. And even if there was, like, they had the best opportunity to get there last year, a relatively easy route. And they just showed that with their roster, the construct that they have, every player healthy, they're not good enough. So given that I don't think they get any better next year because they have the same exact players plus an aging Chris Paul, um, I don't think they're relatively well coached. I I just don't see them getting through the likes of, of a Clippers team. Granted, the Clippers stay healthy um, and the Nuggets healthier. Uh, Warriors will be the same team they'd have to face, which they didn't even have to face. And Dallas got completely obliterated by them. So, you know, Pelicans are going to be dangerous team as well. Um, they're another team to maybe explore their odds. Um, so... I just, they, they give me too much of like they've plateaued vibes where, you know, given that the odds are eight to one and you assume, listen, they'll make the playoffs, they'll be a top four seed and they'll lose in the second or third round. I don't even think they make the finals. So I don't even think it's worth exploring that. I'm with you, Eric. I think this is very reminiscent of, like, like you said, that jazz team that Gobert and Mitchell kind of reminds me of the Aiton and Booker combo. And then you bring in the Mike Conley, you bring in the Chris Paul. Ultimately, yes, the Suns team definitely better than that Jazz team, but it's it's a regular season juggernaut that flames out in the playoffs. Um, there's an old adage with Chris Paul teams that they play so hard in the regular season that when they get to the playoffs, they more flame out as opposed to other teams have another level that they get to. Like, if you think about LeBron in the playoffs versus the regular season, LeBron coasts a little bit in the regular season, and then it's just opposite a whole nother level when he gets to the playoffs. Chris Paul's the opposite, where he's going at that high level for the for the regular 82 and then flames out in the playoffs a bit because whether he doesn't have the energy or a late-season injury, there just seems to always be something that gets in his way. So I am avo- also avoidant of the 8.5 to 1 uh uh, Sons, the team that signed DeAndre Ayton and attempted to pull out the restricted free agency coup was the Indiana Pacers. Uh, they are firmly at the bottom of the barrel at, what is it, 500 to 1 odds. Um, there are no to make the playoffs, to miss the playoffs odds. There are no um, seeding odds yet. So we can only work off title odds. Eric, does this give you a sign that the Pacers are trying to bring in some talent and win? Or does this go the other way and you say, okay, they didn't get eight and they're sure going to stink this year? They're sure going to stink this year. And I think even if they got eight and they would be a 500, if that. Um, they have a, they're, they're probably one of the youngest teams in the league. And Going off of like day-to-day DFS, I know how this team plays. I know how far back they are. They're completely revamping their entire roster. Um, you know, getting Halliburton was nice. Buddy Heald, I think, 
is a minus player, um, but they're putting value in him. Um, I just don't think they have Jalen Smith. They have a few young guys that could be potentially good. They play no defense. Um, they gave up, I want to say, the most points in the league last year. Um, they're just really bad. They lost a bonus. They lost Brogdon. They you know, have young pieces, but nothing substantial enough to even sniff anything. I see them being a clear don't make playoffs. So if those odds come up, keep keep an eye out for that because it could be decent now that 10 teams make it. Um, I think they're one of the bottom that's, teams in the league, rightfully. That's exactly my take, Eric. If this uh, to miss the playoffs odds comes out even at like minus 500, minus 750, like lay the juice and just the Pacers are not making the playoffs this year. Not even the Pacers want to make the playoffs this year. So that's that's right. when you know that's a bettable situation. Uh, there's no – I don't see any injuries to other teams that would then boon the Pacers over them. You, you look and say, okay, if, uh, you know, if Atlanta, if, if the Bulls, if one of those bottom half of the Eastern Conference playoff teams sustains an injury, who takes their place – for me, it's Knicks, it's Wizards, it's not the Indiana Pacers. They Pistons. are not in a position. To, yeah, it's Pistons. It's exactly. It's not the Pacers or are Knicks. in a position. There's, to there's a lot of competitive. You know, yeah, Hornets. Even like the Magic might get a little better. No, I Magic. Think the Hornets, that'll, be a, that'll be a discussion. I think the Magic will be slightly improved. I think they're still going to be a bottom team, but I also think the Hornets are now going to be a real bottoming out team as well. Um, yeah. That's a team that I'll be looking to bet. Uh, yeah, I'll be looking, especially with this Miles Bridges situation, uh, bringing mm. back Steve Clifford. We'll, we'll 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 do it. We'll definitely do a Hornets episode because I think there's going to be real value in betting some fade Hornets angles. Uh, Interesting, because like I might 40, be on the opposite they, side. But... They won like 44 games last year, but their point differential showed that they should have been like six games under 500. So I think this is a year where that might catch up to them, especially if they lost Bridges and then they're thinking about trading Hayward and Rozier. They might be in the, the, the sell mode and try and get to pair Wembenyama with Lamelo or pair Scoot Henderson mm-hmm. with Lamelo. So I think they're going to go the other direction. Um, but let's talk about the last, the last guy I want to talk about, Eric, before we get out of here today, is another tanking team is the Utah Jazz. But they're holding mm-hmm. on to this, you know, Superstar, comma, all-star, comma, I don't really know if we consider him a superstar, Spider Mitchell. So the odds for Donovan were, I think they started out being a plus 350 for him to go to the Knicks. And then the next day I woke up and I checked and they were a minus 200. So I've pulled them up right now. The odds for Donovan Mitchell's next team are Knicks plus 150, Heat plus 250, 76ers plus 350, and the field plus 400. I'm going to throw this to you, Eric. Is there any value in betting a direct Donovan Mitchell free agency team or trade team? And then is there angles to betting that team in the futures market as well? Yeah. Yeah, because, Mike, between me and you, um, we spoke about this before, and whoever's listening, Donovan Mitchell will not be on the Jazz next year. The only reason he hasn't been traded yet is because Utah is waiting on Durant because Durant is setting the barometer for unprecedented trade value, which then trickles down. You know, just like any free agency signing, you wait for the top guy 
and he dictates the market. That's what's happening with Donovan Mitchell. He's not staying there. They already unloaded Gobert. He's expressed publicly how bad he wants to leave. I can't imagine you're already trying to reconstruct your roster with picks and um, you keep Donovan Mitchell who doesn't want to play there for no reason. They're not going to win. Um, so once you decide that he's going, you have to you have to look at the teams that can get him. Um, you know, we'll, me and you both believe ultimately Durant doesn't have a spot and he stays and then Dur- Mitchell will set the trade barometer, whatever it is. Um, but it will happen with him, unlike Durant, because I think Durant is more willing to stay and that trade is more impossible to make. Um, mm-hmm. Mitchell to the Knicks seems the most plausible to me. He wants to be there. He was seen having dinner with Quickly. I don't buy into all that. They could have just been training together in New York. It's a place where yeah, they go. Apparently Quickly's Quickly's going to be in the trade anyways, which is right, the obvious part right. of it. So the Knicks, if you look at what they have between, you know, young talent and 11 first round picks over the next few years, some of them are, you know, um, protected, which doesn't help. But they have players like um, Toppin, Quickly, Grimes, you know, these cheap value assets that could turn into be really good players. I don't think R.J. Barrett gets moved, but I think the Knicks um, are are eager to make a move even after Brunson because they're just, they're so impulsive and nobody ever wants to go to New York and the opportunity to get a a superstar is something that they value and um, they have the picks and the potential young talent to do it. So it's a place Mitchell wants to go. I think that's the likely landing spot. Miami possibly. I don't know if Miami really would value him more than their current roster. And I don't know if they could get him. The Knicks seem like they're the most. Miami has already put in an offer for Donovan Mitchell. I, we know that to be true. It's centered around Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and like three or four picks. Um, that just, I see the Jazz on the other end of that saying, okay, if we bring in Hero, we then have to pay him next year. We're not looking to pay anybody right now. Yeah. Duncan Robinson, it seems to be a wasted contract. This guy couldn't get on the court in the playoffs. And then if we're taking three picks from the Miami Heat, who haven't made missed the playoffs in the conception of their franchise in 30 years, then they're going to be non-lottery picks in the 20s. Whereas if we target the Knicks and we don't bring in a guy like Hero, who's going to be pretty good, we bring in Grimes and and quickly and Toppin and salary fillers and bring in, I heard the Jazz asked for six first-round picks. The Knicks can trade up to eight. Uh, the Knicks said no. But where I ultimately think this goes is it's just posturing and we get this down to a similar package of players, no Randall, no Barrett, and we get uh, like five picks, maybe four picks and a swap, similar to the Gobert situation, uh, and then it gets done. I wouldn't – I don't think I would bet the plus money on the Knicks. I just think that's just pretty risky. I do think there's a chance that – Utah just holds out because they haven't gotten the right offer and they let this play into the regular season a little bit, play into the deadline a little bit. I don't even see them having a problem shutting Mitchell down if he's on the team and just saying, we'll we'll sit you and we'll wait for some trade offers. Uh, Where I do think there could be some plays is in the futures market where the Knicks are an 80-1 to team. And Eric, we've talked about this on this episode. We've talked about this in the past. 
when you have these long shot tickets, you really aren't considering them title contenders, but you're saying as long as you make the playoffs and I have this ticket, this is a, this is profitable and this is hedge and this is a guaranteed win. So at 80 to one, I'm going to ask you this with Donovan Mitchell, where are, I think I, I'm going to assume that it would go to close, more closer to a 25, 26 to one odds closer to where like the Grizzlies and the, and the Mavericks are. Would you agree with that? A hundred percent, Mike, maybe 30 to 40, because what you'd be giving up might be, you know, it, it could balance it out, but, um, yeah, it would increase it exponentially. So to your point, I know where you're getting at, Mike, is take it now. Because me and you both believe with or without Mitchell, they've gotten better with Brunson, whether Brunson was a bad signing. They are better. Last year, they lost games where they blew. I couldn't even tell you how many games were. If you look at the Hornets, the Knicks are kind of the opposite. The Knicks were pretty competitive, you know, um, close to making the play-in game. They will be a lot better this year. Um, they didn't lose anyone. They gained a very good point guard, um, something they needed. They're getting back players. Um, their younger talent's only going to get better. Um, so given that me and you both agree, 80-1 to 1 is just you're not winning the title, but it gives you definite cash flow if they make the playoffs. I think you can't not take that right. now. Right, so I've already put in a small bet. I actually did it when the Knicks were 120 to one. I mentioned it on my last podcast. Yeah. I was like surprised that they were 120 to one with the Brunson news. So I was like, they're probably a playoff team. Um, I just look at it. I, I look at I look at it this way. Eric. Last mm-hmm. year, the six through eight seeds in the Eastern Conference playoffs were um, the Bulls, the Hawks, and. It was it was it was it was the Bulls against this the the Bucks oh and the Nets Bulls Bucks Hornets and Nets yeah exactly so the Hornets didn't the Hornets ended up getting out in the play-in Hawks and the Cavaliers were out in the play-in too it was Hawks Bulls Nets that ended up making it Um, right I'm looking at those teams now and uh, Hawks fifty-five to one Bulls forty-six to one Knicks. 80 to 1. Brooklyn, 20 to 1. Like the Cleveland Cavaliers, 120 to 1. These long shot teams, you just need them to make the back half of the playoffs for you to essentially guarantee yourself some profit. So there are some real value in taking these lines even before we get the to make the playoff lines because those are going to be Probably a slight favorite for the Bulls to make the playoffs. Probably a slight favorite for the Cavs to make the playoffs. But the Cavs sitting at 120 to 1. Once yeah, they that, that caught my attention. That becomes so much more profitable than, than paying, you know, what, you know, minus 115 odds on them just to make the playoffs. 100%. You can then and structure your hedge in different situations to be more profitable. So I would definitely look at these long shot odds. And especially in free agency, look for the team that you know is going to be spending because when teams spend, their odds get shorter because we have nothing to go off of besides, oh, their team got better on paper. Right. And then you can the odds, the odds go to your favor and then you could always even just cash out and take some plus money. And, and for people listening, exactly what you said, Mike, like people 
who are laymen would just look at that and be like, oh, well, they're not going to win anyways. We are saying that you need to pay attention immediately to when the playoffs start and start hedging immediately. Because we're saying that the odds are so exponential that they're kind of saying they're not going to make the playoffs. So when they do make the playoffs, you've guaranteed profit. So hedge. And then, you know, a team like the Cavs at 120 to 1, I think that's immediate now. Before that moves, yep. which you will, right they'll be in the, they'll be in the, on it. they will be in the top six. I believe they're only going to get better. Um, they're good. Right. Um, they didn't lose anyone. They're if anything, I think they get Sexton back. I don't know if he makes so much of a difference, but they're young. They're good. They're defensive, and they're they're regular season team to me too. Like I think they fit the mold of that like five to six seed that crumbles. So you know you take them and listen. If any of these teams somehow have spectacular seasons you can guarantee much more profit in the hedge like if they're top four right. you know which yeah if the Cavs do what they did last year and they become the four seed it's right. a completely different story right you're hedging right. and you're guaranteeing a ton if they're a favorite in the playoff yeah, series exactly and then it's crazy yeah then you're at a crazy crazy advantage so and with the Cavs that's, this, that's that's crazy Cavs is a nice one yeah, the wow. Are, yeah, the Cavs are crazy. So, so I wish we talked about that at the one. beginning. So it's at the, for, the forefront of this episode. Um, the Utah Jazz, Eric, last thing. Utah Jazz is a team clearly in the tank mode, uh, mm-hmm. clearly trading away all the pieces. Another similar to the Pacers, would I would consider, regardless of the odds, a lock for a not-going-to-make-the-playoffs type of team. 100%. They have no interest in making the playoffs. So 100%. it'll probably come out at a minus 2,000 line which has carries like a 5% chance probability, I'll be on that. I will be on yeah. that. Yeah. I think there's a few teams you could put in that, like the Kings. They're, they're just not going to be in the playoffs. I actually think the Kings, the Kings are going to, the Kings are going to be a play in team. They, they're going to have a chance at the playoffs. No, but that's when we can talk. That's when we can talk about They're They're in such win now mode that they're trying to make the playoffs at all costs. But they're bad. So I think, the Kings, <laughs> yeah, they, they are bad. We could talk about that one. When, when the, uh, there's definitely some teams that are on the cusp that we're going to do an episode where we're fading the teams. I think we could put them in the same Charlotte bucket that maybe people have higher expectations than we may. All right, Eric, thank you for joining me today. I appreciate you being here. Of course, Mike. Thanks for having me. That's the round of applause for you. And uh, <laughs> thank, thank you guys for listening. We will be back soon. We will be back uh, probably next week with some free agency updates the division winning odds on DraftKings have been posted. There are odds for Rookie of the Year, um, you know, Most Improved, MVP. So me and Eric will be bringing those things as well, mm-hmm. as well as starting football season pretty soon. So Eric and I both handicap the NFL as well. We will be talking about those awards as they relate to the NFL, and we will be talking about things like NFL win totals, Super Bowl long shots, and we will be getting ready for football season upcoming. Always here on The Advantage, we will be having the best betting content. Thank you guys for listening, and I will talk to you soon. Eric, thanks again for joining me. Of course, Mike. It was great. See you later.